Thanks for tuning in. You're watching, listening to the CFF Sites Week 2 show slash podcast with the voice of the CFF site. My name is Joe DeSalvo, and uh, that's right. You heard me right. Week 2 show here. And uh, before you start wondering, hey, did I miss something in week one? Where is that week one show at? Uh, did I miss it? No, you did not. Um, you know, it feels good to be back here in the home office. Week one podcast. We did not have one. I was relocated. I had to evacuate for Hurricane Ida. I'm, I'm here uh, just north of New Orleans. And so uh, myself, my family and, and other family members packed it up. We went east about four or five hours east, and uh, we stayed together. We were in a room all in one place, 11 of us. And, uh, you know, for those of you that have not experienced this type of event before, uh, it's not the first time I've evacuated. We've had to leave, uh, obviously, for her, Hurricane Katrina several uh, years back. And, uh, you know, it, it's quite an experience when you are evacuated and you're watching the Weather Channel and you've got this big hurricane bearing down uh, on your house and and really you're helpless and all you can really do is sit uh, in a room, uh, hotel, wherever you're staying, hours away from home and keep your fingers crossed that when the hurricane gets to you, uh, you know, you're going to survive the damage, you're going to survive the wind, you're going to survive the flooding, um, everything that could possibly, uh, you know, it, that's related to a natural disaster that comes with a hurricane, you're worried about it all, trees falling through houses, uh, things blowing through windows. And so the best thing is to just pack it up with your family, leave. That's what we did. I packed up all of my things as much as I could, all of my equipment, and basically uh, worked from a, a, a condo room uh, with which a bunch of with a bunch of family members while they were enjoying some time away as best they could. I was sitting there plugging in with the site, trying to stay in touch with Mike. Uh, him and I were trying to do some things together, make sure that we had everything up on time as close to possible. Uh, and I made it back yesterday. I'm recording this. It's it's Thursday uh, early evening here, uh, just in in Covington, Louisiana, just north of New Orleans. And and uh, I'm back home. Came home yesterday, and 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 was very blessed that uh, very minimal damage to the house and surrounding house, but. A lot of the area is still coming back. A lot of areas around the greater New Orleans area is still without power. Many uh, were ravaged by floods. Uh, many were, uh, you know, a lot of places were, were hit. Power lines, still no power yet, still no working water uh, houses with trees through them. So it's a widespread event. And uh, I was very fortunate that, that myself, my family and I, and, and a lot of my neighbors were, were spared. I'm here in my home office and it feels good to be back. And I called Mike and I said, man, I'm firing up a podcast. I'm firing up a show. I said, it feels good to be home. I feel fortunate, not a lot uh, damage here. And so I just wanted to give you guys some more content. I know the projections, the rankings have been a little behind. Uh, I wanted to get them out a little bit sooner over the last couple of weeks, but as you can imagine, they're has just been a lot uh, going on. And, and, and you know, in, in addition to the site, you've got your family to think about and you've got everything else going on. And um, it, 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 it feels like I'll be back in the saddle. Normality has restored this weekend. I think I'll get a nice normal weekend of watching more football than I know what, you know, that, than, than I know what to do with, which is welcome. I didn't get to see much of week zero because I was obviously on the road that entire day. I relocated four hours away. It took me eight hours because of the traffic that was on the interstate. And those are the type of things that happen. Uh, when you're facing these type of natural disasters, natural events. And so 
Um, we're good. The, the community's coming back. And um, I think New Orleans is going to be back a lot faster than, than we originally anticipated, which is a good sign. But uh, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm ready to fire it up. I've got the microphone on, a number of topics to talk about. And so that's what we're going to get into. We, you know, uh, first of all, let me just say this. I let me let me address sort of the elephant in the room. I don't want to ignore this. I know many of you all in Discord have reached out. I've tried to reach out to many of you guys via email as well. Uh, there is a little bit of, of an issue right now going on with, with sort of the, the site. And I think one of the plugins that we have in regards to membership, and there's a login issue that I know a lot of you guys have been faced with over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I don't know what the issues yet. Uh, we're, we're still trying to take care of that now. I've got some time to dig into that. Uh, any of you techies out there that are listening to the show, uh, feel free to reach out to me and, and maybe we can troubleshoot this thing and get everybody back on track. There's an issue with logging in. It seems like a continuous loop of logging in. And the simple fix seems to be to visit the homepage of the CFF site, click the log out button uh, near the top right of the screen, and then log back in. And it seems to be remedying the, uh, the problem. So I think it's a quick fix. Uh, I want to see what a lot of it is on the back end that's causing it, but we're going to get that taken care of for you guys as soon as possible. Uh, we're going to talk about a little bit. Of, well, I'm not going to spend my time talking about each and every game. I feel like there's so much going on week one, week two. There's so many matchups between FBS and, and FCS that it just creates an ungodly amount of matchups. And it's impossible to talk about every single one of them. I'll try to touch uh, on some of the major topics as well. And then, uh, you know, you know, before I go any farther as well, I want to mention the four in one super fantasy league kicked off. And I, you know, I, I, I want to be able to kind of give some shout outs this week. I'd like to do that every week. Um, you know, obviously it's a, it's a long season. The first round of the head to head tournament kicked off. We we've, we've got the first round out of the way. And so we've got a bunch of guys moving on into the second round has some close calls uh, because there were a lot of all the matchups were were four team matchups uh, with all the teams we had in the tournament. So good luck to everyone going through uh, that has gone through and will go through into the second round. The top four, the top five scorers in the uh, total points format so far after one week, Wizzy Will with 472, AP Sooner 447, PTM 19, with 443, WS Moke or WSM Oak one sitting in fourth right now at 439, and Andrew P. Katz, Katz Daddy Katz, sitting there at fifth at 437.7. But unfortunately, he did not advance in the tournament as he lost to WSM Oak. Uh, one of the matchups that featured two of the top five scoring teams. And so Andrew Katz. Uh, fell to bad luck in the tournament format. But guys, look, if you got eliminated in that format, don't worry about it. You've got another three weeks, two or three weeks to get your scores up. And remember, the top 80 teams, I think, after the, after the third week are going to qualify for the head-to-head -head single elimination tournament. You're also trying to qualify for the eliminator as well. So get those uh, lineups done this week in the 4-1 league. And those are your leaders thus far. Uh, I'm participating in the league. A lot of you guys will see me in there. I'm not going to participate uh, as far as any money goes. I'm just going to participate in the total points league. I'm not going to take up any spots in any of the eliminator or the tournament formats. 
Uh, but right now I'm sitting in 42nd right now. We've got over 100, I think might have 128 teams right now. So good luck to everyone in that long way to go. And I think a lot of you guys are going to find it easy to make lineups over the first two to four weeks. But after that, it becomes a little bit of a challenge. Remember, you can only use a player one time in one roster build all season long. So the list of players is going to thin out as the season progresses and uh, you have to be a little bit more strategic with selecting your players in the coming weeks. So that takes care of the four and one tournament. My buddy, Mike Bainbridge is hard at work. He's not joining me for this uh, show. He's rocking all the DFS content. We released uh, the Friday main slate content today. The projections posted earlier as well. A lot of you questions coming in. We are going to update some of the projections as we get news in. We usually don't update uh, update the projections as much so on Saturday morning. That's where you really got to be tuned into the Discord, tuned into the Twitter feed with us relaying a lot of that injury news uh, over to you guys and for you all over in the Discord. Uh, look, I, I think we're nearing 700 people in there. If you're not part of the Discord uh, family right now, you're really missing out on an entirely different resource that the CFF has ever, the CFF sites ever provided for college fantasy football. We've got team pages, injury news. It is basically the biggest hub of a biggest community of college fantasy football people uh, in one spot. And I think if you're not in there, you're at a disadvantage behind the eight ball in your league because it's certainly the place to be to, to, to bounce ideas, roster ideas. Um, it, you know, it, I can't say enough about it. You really just have to experience so many guys. So many of you have sent emails in. Love the addition to the Discord to the site this year. Um, and, and so I know Mike had it last year with his Patreon page. For you that were along, uh, for you that were with the CFF site last year and didn't get to experience that, I was happy to roll that out this year. I uh, didn't do it last year because I was a little worried about the season and getting too much going, uh, whether or not we'd have a season with all the COVID stuff going on. But we are full throttle this year and we've got more resources than we ever have for you guys. And Mike is rocking that DFS content. He's still got two more slates to produce for you. He's got the Saturday main slate and Saturday night slate that he's going to get rocking and rolling with that we'll have up on the site soon. So, uh, man, we're, we're back to normal uh, as much as possible. So I think that takes care of a lot of the house cleaning. And so really what I thought about doing, guys, and I, I may get back to do this, is uh, I, I may do a post-week wrap-up show. I know I do my week uh, notes and observations, weekly notes and observations. I'd like to do a show, uh, just a reactionary show, because I feel like so much of my passion, my feelings comes out right after you watch the games. And I really think it would be a different, different feel of a show. Uh, but you know what? I said, this is what I'll do. I'll do one show this week. We'll do week one, week two. We'll roll it up into one and uh, whatever comes out, comes out. So I may reference some of the last week's games. I'm going to go ahead and talk about this week's matchups. And I may reference uh, the games last week and some of the performance because, you know, we're getting into now where the first couple of weeks are really big for waiver wire. You know, you didn't have a good draft. You don't worry about it. A lot of leagues are one on the waiver wire, right? And so you've got to be there to really, um, you've got to be there to really scoop up the guys off the waiver wire. You've got to be really tuned into uh, the box scores. You've got to be tuned into the matchups. Watch as much as you can over the first two weeks. The first ones, uh, you know, the, those 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 nuggets, those waiver wire gems, as I like to call them, uh, they're really abundant over the first 
two or three weeks. And the greatest thing about college fantasy football versus the NFL uh, is that, you know, you're not, you know, your season doesn't make a break with a draft, right? And so you can have a bad draft and hit the waiver wire and be success and win the waiver wire and win your league. So it's a long season, long way to go uh, for all of you season long leagues, dynasty leagues, uh, and even you guys uh, playing DFS. Hopefully you find this show very interesting and, and look, um, you know, share your takes uh, in the comment section if you want, but we're going to go ahead and get into into this week's matchups. I mean, we've got Kansas, we've got Coastal Carolina. Uh, that's a 6.30 start on, on Friday. And uh, remember, Coastal Carolina went into Kansas last year, and that's where we really learned who Coastal Carolina was. Uh, you know, we knew that, that Kansas was a bad team. Uh, we thought they were just really bad. Turned out, uh, you know, we, we, we found two things out. We, we confirmed last year that Kansas was bad, and we also found out that Coastal Carolina was pretty good. Usual suspects there at Coastal Carolina. Still trying to figure out the running back rotation there, right? I mean, we've got, you, you've got Jones, you've got White. Is it going to be of a committee? Is it going to be someone they're going to lean on like they did with C.J. Marable? Still a little bit to be played out there on the Coastal Carolina side. Kansas still looking to establish an identity under Lance Leopold. Started Jason Bean last week at quarterback. We'll see if that continues. North Carolina A&T playing at Duke. And damn, what a week one that Monteo Durant had last week. Uh, you know, Mike and I did a show on him in the offseason about whether or not Duke would have a thousand yard back because they have a history of not producing or not feeding their number one ball carrier a lot under Cutcliffe. Uh, but it looks like it looks like Durant so far after one game might be on a pace for 200 plus carries. And if so, he will be a lock for a thousand yards. Utah State playing North Dakota. I think the story there for me is it looks like, in my opinion, I think Logan Bonner is probably going to get the, the, the start at quarterback. Um, I, you know, I would think he would be the guy there. Devin Tompkins confirmed as the wide receiver one, as we predicted there. Uh, Utah playing at Boise State and boy, uh, you know, more people were burned last year. I know a lot. I mean, last week, a lot of you all were burned last week by George Helaney and his, uh, you know, absence after the kickoff got delayed for two hours. We learned that Helaney was going to be out. Now, here's one advantage, right? The advantage to having Helaney this week is that Boise State plays on a Friday night. So instead of playing late Saturday night and taking a chance and risking uh, starting Helaney and getting a zero, you have a chance to really lock in. And this is where the discord comes in too, right? You really have a chance. To, we really have a chance as a community to lock into that Boise matchup, see if we get any news coming in. And, and I'm hopeful that if Helaney is going to play this week, we get that news ahead of time. And I would think that if he's going to be healthy, he's going to get a pretty decent dose. And considering they have a matchup against Utah, this might be the week where we actually get George Helaney in the lineup. Illinois playing at Virginia, uh, you know, nothing really big to touch on there, except I think we could see a big dose of love in the backfield for Illinois. Obviously, Virginia is going to be a ton of Brennan Armstrong. I have to tell you, I was really shocked last week. Not a lot of target, not a lot of usage for Jelani Woods, who I had as one of the top tight ends. Uh, the talk in the preseason camp was how he was their best playmaker uh, leading into the season. And the guy finished with one catch last week, really laid an egg. And so really burned me, uh, missed that one in the projections. And so went a relatively conservative this week with, uh, with, with Jelani Woods at, at tight end. 
Kent State playing at Virginia, uh, playing VMI. I think you're going to go. I think we've got Crum up there. I've got Crum as one of the top quarterbacks this week. This this offense should get back on track. Dustin Crum, one of the top quarterbacks. It'll be interesting to see if Jay Sean Pope plays and how the distributions, uh, a distribution of passes goes in that Kent State offense this week. Western Kentucky playing at Army, and this is going to be a real interesting matchup. I know a lot of you uh, Bailey Zappi owners out there were ecstatic last week after that uh, performance he had. But remember, keep this in mind. I did mention this in the preseason. You've got Army that's playing Western Kentucky. Uh, Western Kentucky is off next week, and then they have matchups back-to-back against Indiana and Michigan State. So you Bailey Zappi owners have a backup plan at least. If you're playing a two-quarterback league, hopefully you have a solid quarterback too because it could be uh, rough sledding for the Hilltoppers over the next month. But you get through September and the rest of the year, you're going to be golden. So for you Zappy owners, it's all about surviving the next four weeks and then you should be good. Kennesaw, Kennesaw State playing at Georgia Tech. Obviously, uh, it looks like I don't think we're. I don't know if we're going to see Jeff Sims. I don't think they'll need Jeff Sims in this matchup. I uh, I have Jameer Woods ranked high this week. Normally not high, super high on players when they have really weak matchups. But this is a get right game for Georgia Tech, and I think they lean on their best playmaker, which is going to be Jameer Gibbs. Norfolk State playing at Wake Forest. I look for a bounce back week for Jaquari Roberson. I don't see him having. Uh, I I can see him. You know. I don't think he'll go two weeks without producing uh, a big game for you. So I like him here. Tulsa playing at Oklahoma State. Um, look, let's talk about this. Oklahoma State uh, outside receivers have thrived as long as Gundy has been there. Right now, it looks like that that's Tay, uh, Tay Martin, right? Brennan Presley was our number one ranked receiver at Oklahoma State going into the season, and I'm not ready to, to budge on that. But if I had to take my bet, uh, I, I'd prefer Tate Martin in the outside receiver given the success of that position over Gundy, although I think it's going to be close, and I think both guys are going to be incredibly valued. I think the, uh, valuable this year. I think what we're looking for most this week you Spencer Sander on Spencer Sanders owners is whether or not he suits up and plays this week Youngstown State playing at Michigan State and wow what a I mean Kenneth Walker the third last week just ran all over Northwestern uh something I wasn't expecting uh we talked about this in the preseason how bad that Michigan State run offense was a year ago uh, night and day compared to the opener. And I do expect to have uh, see Kenneth Walker go over the 100-yard mark in back-to-back weeks. Miami of Ohio playing at Minnesota. Uh, two notes here uh, that I thought was, in, in, well, uh, one thing I think is interesting in regards to Miami of Ohio, uh, no Jalen Beston, no Tyree Shelton yet in week one, wondering if they're just slow coming back from their injuries of last year. And then we also have to, uh, with Minnesota, obviously the big news with Mohamed Ibrahim going down, uh, you know, reports saying that it was an Achilles. It certainly didn't look good, but he's lost for the year. And so we would have to assume that a lot of you fantasy owners have scooped up Trey Potts. Uh, you know, I have an opinion on this relatively conservative this week on the ranking of Potts, uh, just because we know that he is not as proven as Ibrahim, and uh, I don't know if he's going to get that heavy of a load right out of the gate, but it's definitely a good matchup, uh, you know, for P.J. Fleck and the coaching staff 
to certainly test pots and see if he can get his carry count up there to the 15 to 20 mark and see how he holds up in this matchup. Northwestern State playing home at Indiana State. Get right game for North, Northwestern. Uh, let's see if Evan Hull can produce here in this matchup. Oregon going into Ohio State. This will be a tough matchup for the Bucs. Anthony Brown trying to lead the Ducks into Ohio State. Uh, the Buckeyes may be without Stroud at quarterback this week. Whispers that maybe he could not be, he may not be ready for this matchup, that maybe he's a little banged up. It'll be interesting to see how that uh, plays out. Mayan Williams obviously with a big run early last week. Uh, being, uh, you know, obviously Trayvon, Hen Trayvon Henderson, uh, you know, that, that train has left the station and now his hype is picking up steam after that 70-yard touchdown catch. Uh, we're going to see if the Ducks can play with the Buckeyes. I think the, the Duck, I think Oregon needs to keep it close. We'll see if Anthony Brown can get him there. If not, um, you know, I wonder whether or not Anthony Brown would be a, um, you know, his job would be in jeopardy at some point over the next few weeks, because I think at that particular point, maybe, maybe Oregon would have to make a change at quarterback to say, Hey, listen, we didn't, you know, have this quarterback. We didn't have Thompson starting when we played Ohio state and, the pollsters look at them differently in the long run, but let's see if the Ducks can play with the Buckeyes. Should be a good one. Um, you know, let's let's see how that plays out. Minnesota gave Ohio State all they could handle for the good part of three quarters last week. So, uh, Pitt playing at Tennessee. Uh, you know, let's let's be honest here. Um, you know, Joe Milton didn't look great leading that Josh Heupel offense, and I do think that Tennessee's offense is going to take their, uh, I think they're going to be inconsistent this year. And I think that that's just something that we have to uh, live with this year. So a lot of you guys that invested in the Tennessee offense, I think you're going to have some up, ups and downs. Uh, obviously, Tank Bigby with a big start for Auburn last week. They host Alabama State. I don't expect to see him in the game long. Hopefully he gives you a big one early. Maybe a couple of scores gets out of there. South Carolina playing at East Carolina. Will Kevin Harris return this week? Uh, and that will obviously, you know, impact a little bit the, the uh, of Zaquandre Wright, who, uh, Zaquandre White, who ran for 128 yards last week in the season opener. Morgan State playing at Tulane. Pretty impressive start by Tulane last week and Michael Pratt leading that offense, a guy that I like. He was one of my sleepers going into the year. Uh, I like the way that Tulane looked on offense. Hey, she should have an easy time this week against Morgan State. Um, and so, um, you know, definitely all of you Pratt owners get him in. I know there was some, some news of him being a little banged up, but it looks like he's going to play this week. Florida playing at South Florida. Obviously, a lot of you guys probably couldn't wait till I got to this one because you know I'm heavily invested in Emory Jones this year. Uh, and I am. And I still feel fine with Emory Jones. You know, the one thing, the one thing that's really interesting is that a lot of the shares I have in Emory Jones are in all, uh, they're, they're in all best ball leagues. And I think in all but one league, I've handcuffed him with Anthony Richardson. So I'm sitting pretty. I've got both Florida quarterbacks. The only way really that I get screwed is if they just split snaps the whole year. I don't really see that happening. This could be a get right game for Emory Jones. Um, you know, Richardson didn't exactly throw the ball well last week when he played, but he looked like a monster when he ran it. Right. And so I think Emory Jones is going to he's going to stay the quarterback right now until until he's not the quarterback. And so we'll see how that unfolds. But I feel good about Emory Jones. And like I said, 
I'm in best ball formats. And if not, I've got Anthony Richardson. So I'm still feeling good about my Florida quarterbacks that I have in my best ball leagues this year. Wyoming playing at Illinois, uh, Northern Illinois, and obviously uh, Northern Illinois with an upset at Georgia, Georgia Tech in the first week. Harrison Whaley running for 144 yards. So that was good news if you have Harrison Whaley heading into Mac play. Rutgers playing Syracuse. Uh, the big news there for me, Tommy DeVito still at quarterback. I think you're going to see him stick for a little while. Uh, but I, look, this could be a game that Syracuse struggles. I do feel that at some point uh, in the next few weeks, we're going to see Garrett Schrader in there at quarterback and get a start for, for Syracuse. Virginia Tech did a great job holding North Carolina's offense last week. They host Middle Tennessee this week. Ohio plays Duquesne. Duquesne was destroyed by TCU last week. That should be good news uh, for you owners of the Montre Tuggle going into this matchup. Toledo playing at Notre Dame. Some of you guys coming in saying Notre Dame's defense wasn't in the rankings this week. They're sort of a fringe play this week. And the reason being, there's just so many so many FBS, FCS matchups that there's a lot of good defenses uh, that you can stream this week going into week two. Uh, obviously, Jack Cohn, big week last week. And going into uh, this week, Michael Mayer, our number one tight end on the board going into week two, uh, being the highly uh, as highly targeted as, a, as he was in that opening matchup at Florida State. Lou Nichols got off to a great start for Central Michigan. They play uh, Robert Morris this week. I think one thing to keep an eye on as well is in the backfield, we talk about the value of a running back two at Central Michigan. Marion Luke's five carries, 44 yards. Darius Bracey only two carries, 14 yards. So uh, you might want to look there if you're in deep leagues at that running back two spot at Central Michigan. Uh, Purdue going on the road playing at Connecticut. This should be a great matchup for Plummer. Should be a matchup, great matchup for David Bell and even Xander Horvath at running back and even the Purdue defense. Texas A&M going on the road to play Colorado. I really like Isaiah Spiller in this matchup. I know there were some emails about David uh, uh, um, um, Ashane. The running back, the backup running back behind uh, uh, Isaiah Spiller, Devin Ashane, had two rushing touchdowns. Remember, he got one of those late in the contest last week. Spiller was already out of the game. I do think Spiller has a big week uh, this week. And, you know, a lot of questions about whether or not Jared Broussard was going to get a heavy workload this year. Uh, talk about getting him some rotation and, and getting other people involved in some snaps this year. Um, you know, he, they, they fed him early last week. He finished with 15 carries, 94 yards and touchdown in the opener. Uh, I think he's going to get a heavy workload again this year. And that's the way it seems after the first week, uh, in regards to Buffalo at Nebraska, Nebraska really, really fed the, uh, the graduate transfer wide receiver Samari Torrey last week. Uh, I believe he was over 100 yards in the first half. And so he'll probably, um, in my guess, be featured again in this matchup. And I really like him this week. Ball State going to Penn State. I think this could be a matchup. Ball State struggles a little bit. Um, maybe Penn State takes him lightly and Ball State surprises and scores. After that tough matchup, Penn State had against Wisconsin last week at Wisconsin, came out with a win. Uh, the, you know, the one observation I had in that matchup is that I really like the fantasy potential of Noah Kane 
and uh, Jahan Dotson, the wide receiver for Penn State. Obviously, he's a top five receiver for me this week. I really like the way that they're going to feature him in the pass game, and I think he's going to have a huge year this year. Temple playing on the road at Akron. Uh, Dewan Mathis, is he going to play? Is he not? I know a lot of you guys probably drafted him, and he's banged up. I think he's questionable to play this week. Really doubting Temple's offense moving forward, and if you don't have uh, if you don't have Dewan Mathis available for you this week against Akron, uh, there's not going to be too many better matchups on the schedule this week. He might be a player you're looking to kind of move off of early. We'll see how that plays out. UAB, uh, Dwayne McBride, look, uh, last week was not a good week for him. Uh, a couple of fumbles, and all of a sudden, you know, you're wondering whether or not he's going to hold on to that starting job or maybe lose it to Jermaine Brown. The one thing that I could say with a lot of certainty uh, is that we're probably not going to get much clarity on that this week. UAB travels to Georgia. I'm not expecting much from the Blazers' offense. Cal playing at TCU. I know a lot of you guys out there that were fans of Quinton Johnston, probably looking for a big week for him this week. Um, I, I still, you know, I, going into the season, I'm still not a huge fan of that TCU offense. I don't know if it's going to be much improved from last year. I'll say a little bit improved. And I don't know, aside from Max Duggan, after the first week, if, if I would want another player right now. So we'll see how that works out. And we'll see how the carries get distri uh, distributed this week with Zach Evans, that running back for TCU. Remember, he was a guy that I thought at the beginning of the year that would be a seven to 800 rusher or a 12 to 1300 yard rusher. It was going to depend on how they were going to feed him. And after the first week, uh, I know they played Duquesne, uh, a little bit of a mixed bag. So right now it's a little bit of a hold on your TCU players. This week should give us a lot of clarity on how that offense is going to work uh, or how it's going to look or how they may project moving forward. Murray State playing at Cincinnati. Hopefully you guys get a lot early out of Desmond Ritter and Jerome Ford. I don't expect to see them in the game for much longer than three quarters there. Navy still a lot of uncertainty going on at quarterback. That's the big question for the midshipmen. Can they find a quarterback to get themselves right? And I think Air Force probably rolls in that matchup. Boston College playing at UMass. Great matchup for the Boston College defense. Phil Jerkovic at quarterback. I expect to see him sling the ball around the park. Uh, he should have a big game. One of the top quarterbacks we have on the list this week. Georgia Southern playing at Florida Atlantic. Georgia Southern started Amari Jones at quarterback last week. He was the transfer running back that came over from Tulane, but I didn't get a chance to watch many uh, bits of this game. I just saw some highlights, but, but by all accounts, it seems like there's a lot of support for Cam Ranson to take over the offense. So we'll see how that plays out over this week and then moving forward when Justin Tomlin is supposed to return from his um, suspension. He's out. I believe he's academically ineligible right now. Alabama Mercer. Uh, you know, the question is, is how long are we going to see the starters play? You know, will Bryce Young get his production in before he has to leave the game? Iowa at Iowa State. Uh, remember, Iowa, Iowa State started with a dud last year. They lost their opener to Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, Iowa State struggled once again out of the gate this week. We'll see how that matchup with Iowa unfolds. The Hawkeyes looked impressive last week. In-state rivalry. This may actually be the toughest game on the schedule on paper 
for Brees Hall. And, you know, that's going to really be the question. Will we see Brees Hall be held under 100 yards in back-to-back games? Um, that, that's a good question. Uh, this is, game, is a home game for Iowa. And, um, you know, if I we have – I have projected – Brees Hall projected at right under 100 yards, but I wouldn't – Look, I wouldn't doubt that Brees Hall goes over 100 yards in this game. And the one thing, if he doesn't, I like his I like his chances to get over 100 total yards and know that if the Cyclones find the offense, there's a good chance that Brees Hall is going to find the end zone. So I'm not looking to bench Brees Hall, but some of you guys that are playing in shallow leagues that have really deep benches, I can see where you would consider benching Hall if you feel like you have a really, really good matchup with your running backs that are sitting there on your bench. Clemson, a get-right game with South Carolina State. We're still waiting to see what's going to go on with that Clemson backfield. For me, that's the big question now. They don't play Georgia. Let's see how they divvy out the carries this week, or is it going to be more of a committee approach and try to get DJU, the quarterback, get, get him on the right page. He struggled last week against Georgia. Obviously, his pick six decided the, the contest, and so we'll see how that shakes out. For me, the, the nice surprise was Joseph Nagata, who, you know, for, throughout most of the camp, we were getting reports that he was a little banged up, whether or not he was going to play. Um, you know, it looks like EJ Williams will come back this week, but it was nice to see Nagata uh, have a good week. It looks like he'll be a fantasy factor into this year. West Virginia hosting CW Post. Uh, we've got Lady Brown as number one running back posted up there on the website. Whether or not he finishes in that spot remains to be seen. I don't expect you know, after what FIU did to CW Post last week, you have to think that West Virginia is going to have uh, their scoreboard, the scoreboard in their favor by halftime this week. But the reason why Letty Brown is up there so high on the list, even though they have such weak competition, he may not play more than two and a half quarters, maybe even three at most is that most of the offense, the offense is built around Letty Brown. So I can see him getting his early touches, getting a couple of early touchdowns, uh, and then leaving the game, hopefully, uh, with close to 100 yards and two scores. And I think uh, from a security standpoint, he's, he's a pretty safe bet to at least find the end zone one time this weekend. Western Michigan should get right after a matchup against Michigan last week. That's good news for Caleb Ellaby. Running back uh, Ladarius Jefferson. I think you get those guys. Uh, you get them in your in your lineups. Jalen Hall as well. UTSA with an impressive road win against Illinois last week. That's a good sign. I think Frank Harris is a good matchup for him. I think he's a little bit of an under the radar play this week. Running backs uh, uh, Sincere McCormick and Zachary Franklin at wide receiver. Charlotte with a nice win against Duke last week. Let's see if they could follow it up. A little bit of a committee approach in the backfield for Charlotte, but uh, let's see. Let's see if they could put together two solid performances. Chris Reynolds, remember a quarterback that was banged up last week. Uh, in you know, in, in 19 of 30, 324 yards, three TDs. Uh, you know, Dubose, Tucker both went over 100 yards in the opener. Let's see how that Charlotte passing game looks in week two and see if they're going to be a viable, consistent option for us moving forward. Houston playing at Rice. Rice gave Arkansas all they could handle for just about three and a half quarters last week. Uh, Clayton Toon, uh, you know, there's just some things that, that haven't changed. And I think Clayton Toon, you know, the one thing that we looked for going into the year was he, was he going to be able to clean up the mess? Was he going to be able to 
put stop putting the ball in the hands or finding the hands of the defenders. And I believe he threw three interceptions. I'm going to check that real quick. Uh, he threw four interceptions in the opener last week against Texas Tech. Not a good sign for you Clayton Tune owners right now after week one. Uh, one of my personal favorites, Marshall. I know they ran a bunch of touchdowns last week, but I did mention in the preseason that I thought that they would open up the offense this year. And uh, I think that's what they did in the opener. Grant Wells, 333 yards passing. He did not throw a touchdown. The Thundering Herd punched in six on the ground, red, led by Rasheen Ali, who scored four. Um, Sheldon Evans punched in a couple of himself. But I was, it was nice to see Talit Keaton, Corey Gamage, both of those guys go over 90 yards. And I really like that Marshall offense. Moving forward, one of my sleepers going into this year. Central Florida was able to turn things around against Boise State in that opener, and you really have to like Isaiah Bowser moving forward. I think I was a little low on Jalen Robinson because of Gus Malzahn coming in, but I really liked what I saw. I think you should feel good about him and Dylan Gabriel moving forward. Those were the two questions that I had was the passing game of UCF with Gus Malzahn coming in, but after the opener against Boise State. Now, look, they were playing from behind for a good bit of the game, but I did like what I saw out of the Knights, and I do think that those picks are going to be fine this year. Appalachian State going on the road playing at Miami. I think this could be a matchup where Appalachian State struggles a little bit. I think if there's an encouraging sign for the Mountaineers, it was that Chase Bryce played solidly in his first start after being an absolute turnover machine at Duke last year. So it was nice to see him come in, have a good opener for Appalachian State. And I think for Miami, I think the one thing that I got out of the matchup against Alabama was uh, with the, the, the confidence and the comfort at which De'Ara King played. Uh, sure, Alabama was able to, to, you know, to, to you know, overpower, overmatch the Hurricanes. But I think if you have De'Ara King, the one concern I had was, how was he going to be uh, coming back from injury? And I think he's going to be okay for you moving forward. Kansas State hosted Southern Illinois. Um, certainly a good start if, you're, uh, if you have Deuce Vaughn. I think he'll have another big week this week against Southern Illinois. And he was a player I was slow on going into the season. Let's see how he goes as the season progresses. But uh, he may be able to pick up. He's picked up where he left off, and he may be able to continue that. Maybe, perhaps, I was a little low on him going into the season. Let's see how they use him this week. Oklahoma hosting Western Carolina. Uh, the Sooners got more than they could handle from Tulane, particularly late there in that, in that contest for me. <clears throat> for me, the one thing that I'm looking at with Oklahoma is um, I, I really watched Spencer. Well, first of all, let's talk about Eric Gray. Eric, Eric Gray's a hold right now. I do think you do. I, I think you will have some concerns if you're an owner there. Uh, that matchup was about as good as you could possibly get, even though they were playing uh, by about three scores ahead for the good part of about, you know, quarter and a half, two quarters. Uh, I didn't like what I saw out of Eric Gray. We'll see. I think he's a hold for another week. Let's see what happens this week against Western Carolina. But for me, for me, I, you know, I, I'm looking at Spencer Rattler and I'm looking at a guy that, you know, that he's projected to go early in drafts NFL this year. I just don't see the 
I just don't see it in him. Um, I'm not a big fan of Spencer Rattler. I love the way he throws the ball. I mean, man, he can just fling it and it goes, but I just don't like the decision-making process. I don't like the way he reads the defense. He throws too many questionable balls, in my opinion. I think he threw had two interceptions last week. Possibly could have thrown two more. I just haven't seen any maturity in his the way that he, you know, he he goes through his progressions and 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 you know uh, makes decisions throwing the football and and I he, that was a player I thought would have a jump in fantasy production this year after one week I'm doubting that we'll see how that plays out I'm not sure a matchup against Western Carolina is going to give me the answers that I'm looking for out of Spencer Rattler Eastern Michigan let's see what's going on with Preston Hutchinson I know he took a hit to the head last week came out of the game went back in Ben Bryant the transfer from Cincinnati came in uh, let's see how this unfolds against Wisconsin. For me, it's got to be Ches Mulisi at, at running back one until it's not Ches Mulisi. So over 100 yards in the opener for Wisconsin, I would imagine he's going to really nail down that running back one spot at least for a couple of weeks as long as he doesn't turn the ball over. He got a great matchup against Eastern Michigan. I think you'll see him solidify himself in that one, running back one role this week. And uh, you know, I'll be honest with you, that was one that I whipped on. I was a fan of Jalen Berger uh, all throughout camp. He couldn't seem to stay healthy, didn't even get a carry, I believe, last week. Melisi's come in, made an impact. Uh, he's performed, performed well in the opener against a tough defense in Penn State. And like I said, I just think he solidifies himself as that running back one going into, into the season. Memphis playing at Arkansas State. It looks like Rankinell is going to be out for a little while. I think the one encouraging thing for, for Memphis is really Brandon, um, Brandon Thomas solidifying himself in that running back one role for Memphis. If you guys were able to pick him up on the waiver wire, you have to really feel good. And my boy Lane Hatcher doing it, right? I mean, they started James Blackman. It's like they don't want to like Lane Hatcher, but the guy keeps showing them that he's their quarterback came in through what three three or four touchdown passes he threw what four touchdowns 12 of 12 four touchdown passes and I think three of them went to Corey Rucker who finished with 138 yards so there you go Lane Hatcher coming in and saying you guys you know keep doing to me do keep doing this to me every year I'm going to keep I'm going to keep showing you the good so Good for Lane Hatcher. Good for you guys that drafted him and good for you guys that drafted Corey Rucker because it seems like they have a connection going. And if you are have Corey Rucker, you want to see Lane Hatcher in there. Uh, Louisiana Tech. I, I look with Louisiana Tech, Austin Kendall, impressive numbers against Mississippi State on the road. That's really encouraging. I think you have to feel good about him moving forward, leading that Louisiana Tech offense and giving you some fantasy production. This year, Louisiana Lafayette, uh, I, you know, Chris Smith should get right here. I think for me, the, the biggest question with Louisiana Lafayette is who's going to nail down that running back two role? Is it going to be Imani Bailey or is it going to be the true freshman Montreal Johnson? For me, that's really where it comes into play. And, you know, Montreal Johnson is the bigger back where Bailey's a little bit of a lighter back. And I, you know, I could see this playing out where three guys get carries. Maybe they use Johnson a little bit more around the goal line. I don't know. We're going to find out. But I like much like Central Michigan, where I said keep an eye on that running back two spot. I think we have to keep an eye on the running back two spot here at Louisiana Lafayette. 
Bijan Robinson with a strong start to the season. They play at Arkansas. And, you know, you know, KJ Jefferson, how did he look last week? I didn't think he looked too good. That was one of the games I was, you know, I was, you know, I was trying to watch as many games as I could at different time spots last week. And, you know, I'm sitting there next to my dad and, you know, he's got money on, uh, on, on Arkansas and he's minus the points. And, you know, my, you know, my dad's what, 67 years old, 68, and he's sitting next to me and, and he's looking at this Arkansas game and all he's telling me is, oh, this kid's terrible. This kid's terrible. And of course he was referencing, uh, referencing KJ Jefferson. And so uh, my dad was basically calling his shots, calling as he saw it. And so, um, you know, KJ Jefferson reminded me a little bit of Adrian Martinez in the fact that he didn't look good he may not be the best when it comes to throwing the ball, but he found a way to, to, he found a way to produce for his fantasy owners. And so I don't know how Jefferson's going to do long-term leading this offense, particularly as a passer uh, leading this offense, much like Adrian Martinez doesn't look great leading Nebraska, but he finds a way with his legs to make himself fantasy relevant. And as, as a fantasy owner, that's all you're really looking for right now. So it doesn't matter how ugly KJ Jefferson looks. What matters is all you care about is the fantasy points, unless you're a fan of the Razorbacks. But uh, many of us just have fantasy stock in KJ Jefferson, and that really that's all that matters. NC State playing at Mississippi State. Uh, that Ricky person, uh, Zonovan Knight, one-two punch is going to be pretty deadly all season long. Another two-back system that is going to produce and then Mississippi State, it was nice to see Will Rogers finally get back on track, let a comeback win over Louisiana Tech. Uh, so the, the Bulldogs, uh, on the second straight year, even though they've, they've struggled on the Leafs last year, opening up with a win for consecutive years. Baylor hosting Texas Southern should be an easy matchup there. North Texas playing at SMU. Jace Reuter, Jace Reuter wasn't incredibly impressive uh, in, the, in, the, in the opener last week. They really rode DeAndre Torrey. I think the offense will ride DeAndre Torrey, but I think you're going to have to, I think we're going to see the North Texas pass game open up this week because they're going to have to put up points and keep up with SMU and Tana Mordecai, who looked great through seven TD passes in his first game in a Mustangs uniform. The biggest note for me, is I received a couple of emails, season things on Discord about people that want to jump ship on Reggie Roberson after one week. Look, there were like six different guys that caught, or five different guys that caught a touchdown pass last week. One, two, three, four. Um, he was amongst the top five receivers. The only guy amongst the top five receivers to not have a touchdown pass. Do not jump ship on Reggie Roberson this early, guys. Come on, it's only one week. There's always a week one overreaction to the guys that do very good. And there's always a week one overreaction to the guys that don't have a good week. Sometimes you have to stick. Sometimes you have to hold. Sometimes you have to move off quick. Reggie Roberson is not one of those guys where I'm looking to move off quick. Texas Tech uh, hosting SF Austin this week. And I think for me, as long as Sir Roderick Thompson is out right now, Taj Brooks looks like a great play uh, at the running back spot this week. And Eric Zagama should be a must start. He's a top 10 receiver in my book this week going into the matchup. Uh, New Mexico State, New Mexico, skip over that. Louisville hosting Eastern Kentucky. 
Um, you know, let's see if Louisville can get things going against against uh, Eastern Kentucky. They did not get much going early on in that Labor Day um, matchup against Ole Miss. Remember, Ole Miss's defense uh, was terrible last year. Uh, Louisville's either either Ole Miss improved defensively or Louisville's offense made them look really good. I think it's a combination of both. A lot of turnover, a lot of attrition at Louisville over the past year. And I think it's going to take a couple of games for them to come together, but stick on uh, your, you know, running stick at running back for Louisville right now um, and stick with Cunningham at quarterback. And, you know, at, you know, what's interesting at running back uh, when you look at Louisville, Hassan Hall had six carries last week. It, it felt like at times he was getting as many touches as Jalen Mitchell, but um it's not quite he, he out, you know, Mitchell had twice as many carries. And I think you're going to see Mitchell get a lot more carries in future matchups as Louisville is able to play from ahead. And that's really the key to that Louisville offense. Southern Miss hosting Grambling State. No Jason Brownlee last week. That was a surprise, but I did see where he suffered in a foot injury during camp. I'm wondering if that injury has not uh, has has him slow to return, and, and I think that's why he's missing there, and I like Frank Gore in this matchup. Liberty host in Troy should be a good matchup. Malik Willis, uh, Taylor Powell looked good in his first start, uh, or first, you know, to start the opener for Troy. That should be a good game for Malik Willis, as they're going to probably have to score some points this week. Uh, Texas State playing FIU. Great start for Devontae Price there at running back. Uh, let's go to Howard at Maryland. Both receivers, I mentioned at the beginning of the year that I think Dante Demas, in my opinion, was going to finish as the better fantasy receiver than the highly recruited Rakeem Jarrett after one week. Both guys over 100 yards, over uh, both guys over 120 yards, and both guys with a touchdown. North Carolina hosted Georgia State. Both teams coming off of very unimpressive week ones. But I know a lot of you guys out there really interested to see what's going on with that North Carolina offense. Josh Downs had his number last week. Uh, will we see anything from Ty Chandler this week? Will we see any improvements from Sam Howell? Uh, it was just quite shocking what they were not able to do last week. North Carolina really has to get things figured out and get things figured out quickly for you fantasy owners. Idaho playing at Indiana. Michael Penix needs to get right in this matchup right here. Maybe a big game for Ty Freifogel at receiver. Indiana shouldn't have any problems in this matchup. Missouri playing at Kentucky, a big matchup in the SEC East. And for me, this is just going to be the battle of the running backs. Tyler Beatty versus, versus Chris Rodriguez. Uh, those are the two top fantasy assets in this matchup. Let's see if one, if those, if either of those guys or both can get over the 100-yard mark. Ole Miss playing Austin P. Expect to see Matt Corral get his numbers early for me. I think the one thing that I learned in that matchup in the opener, if things stay consistent for the Ole Miss offense, Dontario Drummond seems like he's wide receiver one in that offense. Now, uh, Braylon Sanders, a lot of questions coming in. Should we get rid of Braylon Sanders? I'm not ready to dump on Braylon Sanders right now. Braylon Sanders was overthrown in the end zone one time. Uh, he's going to be a little bit more of the vertical threat. I think what you're going to see is I think you're going to see Drummond's receptions. Uh, maybe he's going to finish with more receptions than Braylon Sanders, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Braylon Sanders finish with four or five catches 
and easily over 100 yards. I think he's going to be a little bit more of a vertical target for Matt Corral. And so I do think the big days, big games for Braylon Sanders are certainly coming. And this could be a case where maybe we're going to see alternating games here. Uh, but I do like Drummond and I do like Sanders as being the top two targets there. I know uh, when we were kind of going into the season, there was a lot of talk, uh, a lot of whispers about John Rice Plumley. He was in there in four receiver sets. I only saw him targeted three times. It looks like for sure. It's definitely Drummond, Sanders, and Mingo, one, two, three at receiver there. Florida State, will we see? Mackenzie Milton there starting this week who came in and led a comeback against Notre Dame late um, when, when Jordan Travis left the game. I think for me, the one thing that I really like is uh, I, I like the way that they're using Keyshawn Helton there at receiver. I thought uh, uh, Andrew Parchment would be the top receiver for the, for the Seminoles, but I think it's actually going to be Helton. Uh, Washington playing at Michigan. That Washington offense, incredibly vanilla. Um, Michigan loses Ronnie Bell. I'm curious to see. This 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 might be just a boring matchup to watch, but I think it's going to be an interesting one. Um, that Washington offense, in my opinion, needs some help. Um, uh, other than Kate Otten, I don't know if I want any of uh, a piece of any of that offense right now. We'll, it'll be interesting to see what Michigan does or who replaces Ronnie Bell at receiver. LSU hosting McNeese State. Uh, big week, Kayshawn Booty last week. Max Johnson, I felt, had a big week. Could have even played better. Let's see if he improves in week two. Uh, you know, McNeese isn't the worst FCS opponent that, that LSU can play, so I do expect to see those starters in the game for at least two, maybe even two and a half quarters, if not three, if McNeese State can put up some points on LSU's defense, which – uh, you know, didn't look great last week against UCLA. So we're going to find out, is it is it an LSU problem or is UCLA really legit after making Hawaii look like basically a high school defense in that week zero matchup? San Diego State playing at Arizona. Uh, I think the surprise for me last week was New Mexico State actually scoring a bunch of points uh, or, or actually putting up some yards against San Diego State. I think they took a 10-0 lead after New Mexico State basically looked they, like they couldn't do anything against UTEP the week before. And then Stanley Berryhill getting 13 targets, catching 12 passes last week for Arizona. Uh, Gunna Cruz looks like he's going to be the quarterback one there for the Wildcats. Let's see if that connection uh, continues going into week two against San Diego State. Uh, Colorado State looks like uh, tight end Trey McBride picking up where he left off. Vanderbilt struggled last week, lost to an FCS opponent. Uh, actually, Colorado State lost as well. So both of these coming off of losses to FCS opponents. But uh, make no mistake about it, the Colorado State loss was to the FCS runner-up, uh, San Diego State Jackrabbits. So that wasn't a terrible loss, but Vandy, Vandy loss was just terrible. I believe it was to, to Eastern Illinois. Let me check. East Tennessee State, bad loss by the Commodores right now. And if you have any part of Ramon Davis, that's what you want to watch this matchup this week to see if you're going to be cutting bait or if you're going to be sticking with him. Cal Poly playing at Fresno State should be a big week for the Bulldogs offense. Utah playing at BYU after the first week. It looks like it's Tavion Thomas, Michael Bernard as the top two backs for, um, for Utah. I just don't know if we're going to get one back that takes on a heavy workload right now, if we're going to see that. Uh, we're going to have to see it soon, or it could be a committee approach there. 
Uh, Idaho State hosted Nevada. Should be fireworks for the Nevada offense this week. UNLV playing at Arizona State. I don't expect to see much from or expect to get much from Charles Williams and that UNLV offense. But uh, I've said this a number of times, and I'll say it again. I'm heavy on the Arizona State run offense. I love Jaden Daniels as a quarterback. I think his decision making, whether it's the you know through RPO, whether it's passing, um, you know he knows how to read a defense. I really like him uh, translating into the next level. I just don't think he's a great college fantasy football quarterback. I want all the Rashad White and all the Chip Trianum as I could have in this offense. I don't really want a part of any of the Arizona State passing game. But give me those two guys in the run game all day, every day. And I, another two-back system that I think is going to produce for fantasy owners all year. Stanford playing at USC. Stanford needs to get things on track. Austin Jones, very subpar week. Let's see if he can get back on track this week. And then Gary Bryant returning for USC offense this week. Let's see how that affects maybe the, uh, the distribution of targets for Drake London and Taj Washington. Will it affect it? I don't think it will affect much. Remember, USC's offense under Graham Harrell uh, over the last couple of years, I think the top three receivers have averaged over five and a half to six catches. They've had three receivers every year have average over five and a half catches per game in that offense. So I don't think London and Washington suffer much by the return of Gary Bryant. And then the late matchup, to close out the slate, Hawaii at Oregon State. Um, let's see what Calvin Turner does for his fantasy owners this week. Uh, see if Chevin Cordero can, can make any improvements here against the Oregon State Beavers on the road. That's a 10 o'clock matchup here at my time, uh, 11 o'clock on the East Coast. So that'll be the fantasy matchup that will keep owners up to one or two o'clock in the morning. And that, that covers the whole slate, guys. I didn't think I was going to do every game, but we did. We went on quite a bit. Uh, I was itching to do a show. I'm back home, back in the office now. I'm going to try to get this uploaded into a video, into a podcast, and get this up for you guys to give you some other content to kind of listen to, get you in the mood for the weekend, get things going. We don't have a Thursday night matchup this week. We've got some Friday night Mike's already written up his Friday night DFS content. It's up there on the website. We've got the projections on the website. We've got uh, Mike's DFS content coming for Saturday main slate, uh, Saturday late as well. So you can be on the lookout for those two things. And then over the weekend, my notes and observations from week two, Mike will be doing the waiver wire for you guys once again. And then we're going to fire right back up into week three uh projections and try to get those up a little bit earlier this week now that things are a little bit more normal over here guys but that's going to do it for two for week two for the week one week uh week uh slash week two show my name is joe DeSalvo, the voice of the cff site it's glad to be back uh i'll be thinking about many of you guys that that live in and around the new orleans area that had to be evaporate uh evacuated had that took on any damage the community's coming back, and thanks to all of you guys that, one, have supported the CFF site over the years, continue to do so this year, and also give us a lot of feedback on the way that, that we can improve. And then, two, for you guys that have reached out to me individually and kind of expressed concern, interest, and well, giving me some well wishes, uh, knowing that we were evacuated for the hurricane, and glad to give you a thumbs up that all is well. So that's going to do it for week two, guys. We're going to see you in week three. Good luck this week in your leagues. Good luck this week in DFS. See you next week, guys.